low performers, they seem to get a pass for sloppy or late or incomplete work because there's no accountability. The high performers see that. This does not go unnoticed. This single facet alone is one of the most significant ways that the avoiding leader creates disengaged followers. Welcome to your personal leadership accelerator. This is the Unbusy Leader Podcast with your host and leadership coach, James Mayhew. Well, this is the Unbusy Leader Podcast. I'm your host and your coach, James Mayhew. And I just want to say again, if you're new to the show or you're just discovering this podcast for the first time, let me say I am so glad you're here because the topics that we cover are essential to helping you level up as a leader. Now, I love this statement because there is so much wrapped up into here, and I really want to let this soak in before we get any further. Here it goes. The overly busy leader will always struggle to be a leader that others want to follow. And that's why the topics that we're discussing in this particular series are so crucial. Because when you start to slide into any one of these negative leadership attributes that you risk losing a lot more than time, you risk losing the respect and the trust of your team and your colleagues. So we're in part four of this five-part series on the five undesirable attributes of leadership that any leader can struggle with regardless of your position, your age, or your experience. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to the first three parts, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episodes where we explore what it means to be a controlling leader, an overly critical leader, and a rescuing leader. Because regardless if you're a small business owner with just a few employees or you oversee a lot of people in a large organization, your behaviors as a leader create a ripple effect. And so this content, Everything that we're talking about is based on coaching from my Unbusy Leader Workshop series, as well as one-on-one coaching experiences with my clients. So before we begin, I just want to briefly tell you about the upcoming Level Up Leadership Accelerator series that makes all of this podcast possible. And so the Level Up Leader is a virtual six-week workshop and live group coaching program. Each week, you and others will connect via Zoom for about a 45-minute session of teaching and workshop time with an additional 30 to 45 minutes built in for discussion and then group coaching. And I love this part because we learn from each other. So over the six weeks, you're going to learn what it takes to become an authentic leader, how to overcome the dark sides of leadership, which is great because we're talking about it in this series, how to set your team up for success with setting clear expectations how to provide proactive accountability, and then finally, how to lead others who don't report directly to you, but are integral to your team's success. Now, those six topics are what I tend to run into over and over when working with leaders that you've just never had an opportunity to learn this stuff. So this isn't leadership 101 stuff. So new leaders, you're not gonna feel like you got left behind because it went over your head too quickly. And just as much experienced leaders, you're not going to feel bored with this. In fact, it's the group coaching element that will enrich the experience for both. So I hope you'll consider being part of that. And you can learn more at my website, jamesmayhew.com slash level up. 
So today we're going to talk about the fourth type of negative leadership trait that we're calling the avoider. And like before, we're going to look at it from two angles. First, how to know if you're an avoider. What does it look like? What would it sound like and what would people experience? The second way is we're going to look at how does the avoider contribute to a culture of busyness and the negative impact that it creates in your entire team or even in your organization. So what are some of the behaviors and qualities of the avoider? Well, generally speaking, they're afraid of conflict and confronting others. So they tend to put off things like having hard conversations or giving constructive feedback because it makes them uncomfortable. In many cases, the avoider is more concerned with being liked as a person than they are with being respected as a manager or leader. And this is true regardless of of experience and age, as well as how long you've been in a leadership role. This is not exclusive to a certain group of people. And that creates some significant challenges for people who report to them. We're going to look at four distinct ways that the avoider creates some challenges for their team. So first one is this. Avoiding leaders shy away from setting high expectations that they perceive to be too high for others. And yet, in many cases, they're perfectly fine when someone else has set high expectations of them. In my experience, I found that the reasons why are pretty varied. So the avoider rationalizes that it's easier or safer to avoid it altogether. Now, another characteristic of avoiders is that they tend to dislike accountability. They view accountability as a form of confrontation. Now, that's probably more on the giving end than it is the receiving end. And as a result, individuals on the team tend to underperform. And in general, the entire team then underperforms because the leader, the person who's in charge, is not holding them to high standards for things like communication or or quality of work. And that leads to sort of a dangerous place. It's a widening gap of discontent between the high performers and the low performers. Why is that? Well, low performers, they seem to get a pass for sloppy or late or incomplete work because there's no accountability. And the high performers see that. This does not go unnoticed. This single facet alone is one of the most significant ways that the avoiding leader creates disengaged followers. And that contributes to additional challenges. Let's talk about delegating. The avoider will struggle at times with delegating. And this is really tied directly back to those gaps that we just talked about around setting expectations and providing accountability. Let me tell you a story on this. I was working with a manager in a retail environment who really struggled with delegating responsibilities. We'll refer to him as Steve. Steve struggled with being a consistent leader. And there were times when he had a strong member of his staff speak up. And and sometimes that person would volunteer to take on a project or a role. And instead of suggesting that that particular role was not a good fit for that person's talents or skills, instead of, of having a conversation around that, he, Steve would simply say, okay, yeah, that sounds good. Let's, let's have you work on that. Even though he knew it was the wrong fit for the person, 
It was the wrong fit for the team. It was going to create a ripple effect of problems and and more work. And yet Steve's unwillingness to address it was really just the beginning because the other team members saw exactly what was happening. They knew that Steve would not provide him with coaching, not provide accountability, and the rest of the team was aware of the problems that weren't being addressed. And that meant that the problem was no longer the problem. The problem wasn't with a a poor performer. The problem was with Steve being an avoider. And so the last area that we're going to talk about today that the avoider really tends to fail at is that they don't give feedback well. And don't miss this. This this is so huge. Feedback is critical to the growth and the excellence and the experience that you're creating for your team, for your entire company, for your customers. In the absence of helpful and honest feedback, your personal and organizational growth will always be limited. The avoider tends to avoid giving constructive feedback because it's going to, they fear that it's going to make somebody feel uncomfortable. They're going to feel uncomfortable with it. And feedback really isn't that hard to do. It really resides in in three primary areas. It needs to be helpful, it needs to be honest, and it needs to be timely. And here's the thing, is when you do well at giving feedback, people will really appreciate it. When you stink at feedback, when you say everything's good, but then you find out later on that wasn't, that really tends to make people upset. So you cannot avoid it. The other thing that's critical about this is the timeliness. If you need to give some constructive feedback... I I do workshops on feedback all the time. And in some cases, the only time that people say that they ever get feedback is during an annual review. And at that point, that is months too late to be receiving feedback. It's not helpful. That's not being honest. That's certainly not timely. And those are the three hallmarks that you have to hit when you're doing feedback. And here's another thing to keep in mind. The avoider can be so consumed with, like, I don't want to give feedback to people that they miss that praise and recognition are forms of feedback. And as a result, they're not doing that well either. Remember, the avoider ends up creating disengaged followers. And all of these behaviors contribute to poor performance throughout an entire organization. Now, as I like to do, I want to take a peek at the avoider through the lens of StrengthsFinder. So what are some strengths that may contribute to the tendency to want to avoid certain things? We're going to talk about three of them. And here's the first one. Empathy. People who are especially gifted with empathy sense other people's feelings by imagining themselves in other people's lives or in their situations. And that can make it hard for them to give difficult feedback because they see how the person that they're talking to is feeling. They experience it. But you have to remember that empathy as a strength is a wonderful, it's a great leadership quality because of the desire to invest into building into others. And so you, as a coach, as a strength finder coach, what I need to do then when I'm working with a client is help people overcome that fear that is it more empathetic to not tell them and not be honest with it with them? Or is it more empathetic to not only the individual you're coaching, but the team around them to tell them honestly? Let's look at harmony. That's another top uh, strength that is going to potentially contribute to being an avoider. So people who are really gifted in harmony, they, they're designed, they're hardwired to, to find consensus. 
They don't enjoy conflict. It can be very difficult for them to engage in hard conversations. But it also, on the upside, it makes them especially able to bring understanding and agreement by showing people common ground. Now, a third strength that we're going to talk about here is connectedness. People who are especially gifted or talented with connectedness, they're able to see how everything is connected. That's just simply what it means. They see the links among all things, and they believe that every event has meaning, or that even the smallest things that seem trivial and minute actually are significant. And because of this, they may fail to be good at direct feedback because here's what they do. They don't address the individual and instead they address us. We, you know, they talk about the team and that can send a mixed message. And here's what it sounds like. Instead of saying something like, Steve, you really need to be better at at speaking honestly with that individual. They would say it like this. And Steve, we just need to be better as a whole at how we communicate around here. Do you hear the difference? Because when you water it down by not addressing the specific individual uh, because you're avoiding that conflict, it just doesn't land well. Now, when you fully develop these into strengths, whether you're talking about harmony or you're talking about empathy or we're talking about connectedness, they will inspire people to see that they're part of something bigger than just themselves. I want to look at the impact, especially through the lens of busyness, that the avoider is going to create within an organization. And we're going to start with just the word engagement. When you are an avoiding leader, you are not creating engaged team members. You're actually creating disengaged team members. Here's why. People don't know where they stand. And so this disengagement, I'm actually going to transfer that word a little bit here. And we're going to talk about how it is like disheartening. See, it's this disheartening where you start to become disengaged. And this leads to discontentment. And it's at this moment where you risk losing the best people on the team because they're not getting those expectations set. They don't know how well they're doing and they don't respect you as a leader because the avoiding leader has made it so easy for them by not creating those high standards, by not creating accountability. You can hide. I I see this all the time in organizations I work with where there's low accountability. It's easy just to show up and do the work every day, collect a paycheck, uh, check out at five and never worry about anything. I mean, I'm not saying we have to go take our jobs home. Trust me, that's not the message I want to send here. But what my point is, is that between, say, eight and five, if you have a high engaged team, you're getting stuff done. People like what they're doing. They have some energy. They're thinking about things in different ways. And instead of feeling confined, they feel released. They feel free to go try stuff and to come up with ideas and to do what they do best. But when we when we have disengagement, it leads to that disheartenment, that discontent, and that's the breeding ground for busyness to occur. There's more meetings to identify and discuss strategies for lower metrics, more meetings to coach up employees, more meetings to plan for potential terminations and, and having to go and hire, more meetings to talk about the consistent problems instead of seeing opportunities. And this is how busyness easily becomes part of your new culture. And this is driven by that uh, negative attribute of being an avoider. 
Now, the good news is that by understanding these characteristics, you can begin to take steps to change this, whether that's for yourself or there's somebody on your team that has these tendencies. The goal is to adjust your course and to change your personal and your organizational trajectory. So as we wind down this this episode here that's got a little heavy a couple of times, I just want to close with this. I believe that there are four values that every great leader possesses. Here they are. Confidence, humility, courage, and empathy. Because these four values create a posture of strength and compassion and a foundation of being coachable. So please hear me on this. These don't disqualify you from being a great leader. I want to remind you, we all struggle with these things. There's probably one that we struggle with. There's probably one that we have uh, as a kind of a secondary thing. And for sure, all of us can relate to doing at least a little bit of these from time to time. If you've led anyone before, you've probably done these things. So it's up to you to continue investing in that growth and your own development. The best way to make that happen is having a coach who understands how to help you get through it, who sees it, who understands it, can show it to you, can interpret it for you, and then help you through it. Someone who can teach you how to use your strengths and step into those hard things and not avoid them. It's why I love what I do. I love working with people to help them overcome these low spots and to raise raise the bar, you know? And, and here's why I'm so passionate about it is I've had people do that in my own life. They've come alongside me. They've seen potential. They've seen where I've fallen short and they've spoken truth into me. I like to say it this way. They've spoken life into me. Isn't it an amazing feeling when you have somebody speak life into you? So I want to thank you again for listening. This series is winding down. Next week, we are going to talk about the fifth negative leadership attribute, the people pleaser. So again, I want to thank you for listening. I look forward to seeing you next week. And remember, the unbusy leader releases the talent, the passion, and the skill of everyone around them.